Welcome to the Reclaim Your Rise podcast. My name is Lauren Bongiorno, nationally board certified health coach and founder and CEO of Risely Health, where we help people and families impacted by type 1 diabetes take ownership over their lives so that they can transform with more freedom and confidence. Everyone has a different reason to be here. You might be seeking knowledge, support, or community, but at your core, I know that you long for something deeper. You're here for transformation. And that's what the Reclaim Your Rise podcast is all about. A quick reminder before we start the show that nothing you hear on the Reclaim Your Rise podcast should be a substitute for personalized professional medical advice. Please always consult your physician or other medical professional before making any changes to your diet, insulin dosages, or healthcare plan. Hello, hello, my friend. Welcome back. I want to start by playing a little game. Finish the sentence. The number one thing to do to lower your A1C is dot, dot, dot. What is the first thing that comes to mind? What is your guess? I'll give you a second. And once you have that, do me a favor and tuck it away and see throughout the episode if it is in alignment with what we talk about. And you know, I already know that this is going to be a highly downloaded episode because we're all looking for the number one thing right? Tell me the one thing that I need to do differently with my nutrition, or just tell me the one thing that I need to do differently with exercise so that I could have more focus and energy and see better blood sugars and be more confident and be more accepting of my diabetes and myself. And the truth is, is that it's never just one thing. It's holistic. It's integrative. That is what I know hundred percent to be true. And hopefully if you've been listening to the Reclaim Your Rise podcast for a bit and maybe even following me on Instagram over the years, you know that this is this is what I hope that you take away from, from the messages that I share, that it really takes going inwards and it's bigger than just a, you know, one tweak here and one tweak there. But at the same time, I can tell you that there is this one thing that is at the base of every transformation that I've seen with somebody who has type 1 diabetes. I've seen it for myself. I've seen it for every single one of our clients. And it's almost like if you are going to spend the time to actively work on your diabetes and your numbers, you have to have this strong base or it's not even worth your time. So if you are waking up every day feeling like you're not getting any closer to creating change in your life and change with your diabetes, you might be missing this one step and this episode is for you. Now, we all know that diabetes is so much more than the numbers, but our numbers do tell a story and likely reflect how we feel from day to day. If you've never even thought about an A1C goal or you've kind of resisted it for a while in fear of failure or just avoidance, I want to take a second for you to think about goals that you have or want to even just create right now and what I like to call the diabetes trifecta. So we have number one, A1C, number two, time and range, and number three, standard deviation. Because all three of them need to work in tandem. For example, we have clients who come into our programs with a 6.5 A1C, who their doctors kind of just write them off because they're like, oh, 6.5 A1C, you're doing, you're doing great, right? Like big pat on the back, no changes here. But they're feeling really out of control and don't feel like they have ownership over their bodies. And if you look deeper into their standard deviation, it's a little bit high. And if you look at their time and range, it's maybe 50%, 60%. And that tells more of a story. But let's all get on the same page here with these parts of the trifecta. So A1C, you're probably most familiar with, it measures your average glucose over the past three months. 
time and range you will see on your CGM if you have one, and it's how much time you spend generally between what the settings usually are, which is 80 to 180, or 4.4 to 10.0. And these are things that you can change on your own, by the way. And I can do like a separate episode on 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 that and just more into maybe getting into your CGM and understanding the data more. But the third one is standard deviation. And this one is the one that most people are most unfamiliar with. And this is the spread in numbers around the average. So basically think about the size of your roller coaster on a CGM graph. So the higher your standard deviation, the more peaks and valleys you're going to have compared to a tighter or a lower standard deviation. You'll have little like molehills and closer to that straight line. Now, if you've been trying to improve your numbers for a while, there is a good chance that you're just feeling overwhelmed or confused and burnt out. And every client that we've worked with has been through this phase. I went through this phase myself, so it's normal. And don't beat yourself up about it. But the reason why that you're likely feeling this way is because there's this unequal energy exchange that may be happening. We have to spend 24-7 on our diabetes, but when we don't get something back in return, meaning a lower A1C or more time and range, there's not so much this equal give and take that happens in a lot of areas of our life that we've been taught since childhood. So for example, we've been taught that if we study really hard for a test, we're going to get an A. If we practice piano for X amount of hours, we're going to be able to, you know, get an award or perform in this recital. And with this case, right, there's not this give and take that may be happening because you have to put 24-7 effort into your diabetes, right? You can't just surrender and give up to keep yourself alive. And when you're not getting something back in return of what you're maybe working towards, it's demotivating. And then you feel overwhelmed and you feel burnt out and you're like, what the heck am I even trying for? So the key here is, is that like straightforward, you can't do things like you've done them in the past if you want to get a different outcome. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So there's three things that need to happen to create change. Very simple. Number one, you have to want it. You have to want to create the change. Number two, you have to be aware of why you haven't gotten to where you want to be already. And there's a lot of self-awareness that needs to happen around there, reflection, looking back at what's, you know, what you've tried already and hasn't worked. And then number three, you need to have a plan of how to do it. You need a system. I'm really big on systems because it gives you like this foolproof step-by-step plan and you know like, okay, if I'm not getting to where I want to be, like I'm clearly skipping a step and I need to go backwards to this step and perfect that first in order to get to where I want to be with my end results. Now, for most of my life of trying to lower my A1C, I never had a system. I was relying purely off of motivation. It was like I was at the endo, I cringed waiting for her to give me my A1C results, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to lower it for next time. I know I can do this, and then I'd leave, and then for two days, my blood sugars would be great, and then I'd have a high, and I'd be like, screw this, like, you know, it's not worth it or whatever, and i just go into my old, you know, old habits. But once I started to intentionally really dedicate so much of my time to my health and to my future self, I started to do some things and I let go of the timeline of how long it was going to take me or I let go of the judgment around um, what happened if I had a higher low blood sugar and letting that make me quote unquote start over. And I 
ultimately like had a system but I didn't know it was a system at the time I'm just in hindsight able to see that it was these certain steps strung together that ultimately led to my transformation and even though it was like over four or five years and took a while now I'm able to take those pieces and bring it to you and bring it to the community and tighten up the timeline that you're struggling with your diabetes so it doesn't have to take you four or five years and it can take you a matter of weeks and months Now, there are many stages of what I believe this system to be to improving your numbers and your life in a way that feels more of an equal value and energy exchange, but no matter who you are, what the steps are, it comes down to this number one thing as the base. Let's take a quick break here. So if you didn't know, I grew up on Long Island in New York and I live here today. And I'm really excited to share that on September 17th, the Diabetes Research Institute Foundation is hosting a community bike ride here to raise awareness for type 1 diabetes. If you live in New York, New Jersey, any of the surrounding areas, the DRI would love for you to participate. And if you're not here in this area, but want to participate in this community ride, you can do it in your own neighborhood or even on the Peloton bike using the hashtag team DRI bike ride. You can do any distance you would like 5, 10, 20, 30 miles and ride with the big DRI group in person or form your own team with friends and family. I'll share more details in the show notes below, but if you're thinking about participating, maybe getting involved with the DRI, seeing what it's all about, I can promise you you're going to feel so inspired and connected and motivated after this ride and being a part of it. So a big thank you to the DRI for sponsoring the Reclaim Your Rise show. And let's get back to the episode. So the number one thing that you need to do to lower your A1C is to create space. Let's break these down, break down the space into three areas. So the first one is you need to create space for your health and for your self-care, period. We create space in our lives for what we think is important in our relationships, in going out, in planning a trip, in our career, right? Like it's so silly to think that if we aren't putting intentional time into our health and into our diabetes that we're going to get out of it what we want. It's kind of like saying, oh, I really want to, you know, become better friends with that person. And you're kind of just like really motivated and like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And let me try for, you know, texting her today and tomorrow. And then just not nurturing that relationship, right? Over a period of time, not not getting to know that person, not not exploring what their likes and dislikes are or, you know, making memories together. And I know it's a little far-fetched here, but hopefully you get the point. So what is creating space for your diabetes actually look like and for your health? So on a mindset level, this could look like journaling and just simply starting with putting pen to paper and journal on what your relationship with your diabetes has been. Write a letter to your diabetes. See what comes up, right? Start opening up the the lines of communication between you and maybe this part of your life that you've tucked away kind of like in this shadow box part of you. And then on a physical level, start to identify the areas that you need to get support in. So is it more accurate macro counting with your meals? Is it more knowledge about hormones or insulin sensitivity or exercise? Is it a system for when you're eating out or you're out of routine, like what what you need for your body to work and not have these crazy numbers? Whatever it is at the end of the day, like it comes back to being aware and we can only become aware when we have space, 
right? Space to think, space to explore, space to look at without judgment and more of with curiosity. And that's a huge point, right? And if you're having time making this space because you haven't in the past or because in your mind right now, you're like, well, like I'm a mom, I have kids, I have all these things going on. Try to let go of all that and just say, if this was a blank slate, like how can I right now just create a little bit of space each day? Or how could I try to connect me creating more space with my diabetes and more intentionality here to an outcome that I do think is important, right? Tag team it. So if you're somebody who really values your career and you notice that your blood sugars and yeah, like the swings all day contribute to having lack of focus or your mood is all over the place or you're just feeling like you're such this rock star in your career. Like why, why do you feel like kind of like an imposter and you're not like that really confident inside with this part of your diabetes? It's, it's like, okay, well, that's the motivation there because diabetes connects to everything. And so when I improve my diabetes, everything else improves my life, including my ability to perform at work. And that's the first one. The second area is creating space between the stimulus and the response. When we have a high or a low blood sugar, usually we go into response mode. It's like the stimulus happens, you see the blood sugar, maybe there's like a twinge of frustration or just like, oh, failure. And then it's like, all right, give myself insulin or take some juice. And then let's just keep moving on to the next thing. But the key here is to create more space and take a pause. And this is the thing that's going to start to move you from reactive mode to being more proactive with your diabetes management, which is so key in anybody's transformation. So what that can look like in real life is your blood sugar is high. You automatically just want to kind of like Just beat yourself up about it, not give yourself grace, go into judgment mode and then move on, right? And get to get your, get on with your day. So this could look like instead saying, oh, wow, this is so fascinating. My blood sugar is 240. I, before I give a correction right now, I'm just going to stop and I'm going to think why, like, what did I just do or what led to this? What didn't I do? And then the more you just take a few seconds to think about that, it's going to do two things. One, it's going to allow you to start moving into that more of like exploratory mindset and growth mindset instead of a fixed mindset. And then two, it's going to allow you to create like this bank in your mind that next time maybe you have that same, I don't know, Chipotle quesadilla, you're going to remember, oh, you know what? Like I paused last time and I remember that what I gave and what I'm about to give right now didn't work. So let me try something different. And that's not something that happens overnight, but if you're actively committed to doing that one thing, you're going to see the result and the impact of it. Essentially here, it's like slow down to speed up. That is the, that's the motto. Now, the third area is to identify the space between where you are and where you want to be. I have journaled a lot throughout my, I would say like the past 10 years. And if you look at any of my journals, which sometimes I will pull them out of the closet and just kind of like skim through them. And you, you'll see a lot of T-charts, right? You'll see a lot of T-charts. And the T-charts that I, I always came back to was, and I still do today, is on the left side writing where I am today. 
And then right side, like where I want to be or how I want to be experiencing my day-to-day and my life. And there are some where it's specifically around diabetes. And for me, it was a lot around like emotional eating and being reactive to my blood sugars instead of proactive and not like rage bolusing and not over-treating lows and all these different areas. And when you look at the right side, it was a lot about just like being more calm and being more patient and having more awareness and knowledge of my body. And what you can see when you look back at those is I'm very much living on the right side of the paper, which is like where I always wanted to be. And I got there over the years. And so what it comes down to is understanding what's blocking yourself from getting from the left side to the right side. And some tools that you can use and you can think about are besides the T-chart, like ask yourself what's what's keeping you stuck? What is keeping you stuck from being more, living more on that right side of the page? And then asking yourself why five times. It's a great exercise, highly recommend. Um, if you say, I'm stuck be- because I you know, um, I'm too tired from other areas and other drains in my life that I can't prioritize myself, my diabetes, ask yourself why. And then whatever answer comes up, ask yourself why again. And then whatever answer comes up, say why again. And do that five times and that's going to allow you to get to the root. And that's what you want to address. You really want to understand as well that in order to see what's possible for yourself, you have to think about maybe why you haven't had a vision for yourself in the past or why you maybe even don't believe that something different is possible for you right now. Like I remember in my teenage years, I thought like diabetes was always going to be that hard. I thought it was always going to be something where it's like, okay, you have this thing and you're always going to be tired and moody and Everybody else, you know, at least from the analogy at the time, I guess would be like school, like everyone else is going to be able to take this test and feel like their blood sugar is good or be able to play in the soccer game and they'll, you know, their blood sugars will be fine, but mine is going to be all over the place and that's just diabetes and I can't let it stop me and I got to keep going. But the truth is, is like, I didn't know that there was possible possibility for another way to live. And remember that like our model of the world comes from two things mostly our upbringing, right? We need to understand social construct and what makes us believe what we believe, think what we think, and feel what we feel. And the more you can dive into that and how you were brought up and and what maybe mindsets or limiting beliefs were kind of infused into you and like understand that maybe some of it's not serving you anymore, the more you can separate yourself from them and change your thoughts and and habits and behaviors and perception of the world and, and move forward. And then the second piece is by surrounding yourself today with people who motivate you and inspire you and who are also looking to move in a direction that you want to also be moving in. And that's kind of what I see as the commonality between the Risley community is if you're here, if you're in this Risley community, it's because you recognize that yes, diabetes is a challenge. Yes, we all have hard days. Like yes, we wish we didn't have diabetes and we have it. And so we have it. What are we going to do about it? How are we going to live our life to the absolute fullest um, to you know, become the people that we want to be with diabetes uh, in, our, you know, in our backpack? Because we have to. We have to figure out a way to not live in the space of negativity and anger and resentment because we're just harming ourselves. then, right? So these are the three areas. Um, once again, create space for your diabetes create space between the stimulus and the response, and then 
uh, identify the space between where you are and where you want to be. Know that the vision that you have is possible for you, but you have to know what's blocking you and keeping you stuck to begin with. All right, so I know we want to think that the answers are in nutrition or exercise or just this random tool and this and that, and some of that is true. But in summary, exploring all of those areas will be so much more worth your time and energy when you commit to creating space as the base in those three ways. That is my challenge for you for this week is see how you can create more space to prioritize your health, yourself. You are worthy and deserving of it. And I've linked in the show notes the uh, Risely Free A1C Starter Kit Guide. It's below for you. All you have to do is put in your email address and you'll get it right uh, whenever you do it. I'm also going to be hosting a brand new A1C masterclass in the beginning of July. I am so excited about this one because we are teaming up with some awesome experts in the community for it. So keep an eye out on my Instagram for that announcement at Lauren Bongiorno, or I should say Lauren underscore Bongiorno. And if you haven't yet, please take 15 seconds to rate the podcast. It may even take you less than that if you can type fast, but all you have to do is click on the main show page, scroll down and give it all the stars to let other TMDs know that this is a podcast worth listening to. It's been absolute pleasure spending some time with you today and I will see you next time. Take care. I want to thank the Diabetes Research Institute Foundation for sponsoring this episode. If you are somebody who wants to see a cure for type 1 diabetes in your lifetime, please go to diabetesresearch.org give to make a donation. This is the only organization me and my family fundraise for for years because this is where so much of the research is being done and the donations allow the scientists to speed up their research. Links to learn more about DRI and the work they are doing in the show notes below.